We have a great agreement with the staff at the university where if the student gets a call, they leave the class quietly, go to the call, and then return to the class when they're done with the call. Not like an on-call basis, but they're getting paid the entire time they're on shift. Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. There's an unusual fire department in Fairbanks, Alaska. It's the University Fire Department. It serves both the University of Alaska campus and nearby North Star Borough from two stations. What makes this department special is that all the rigs are staffed by full-time university students, over 50 of them. They work side-by-side with 11 career firefighters who are their mentors. The students work a 48-on, 96-off schedule and are certified in firefighting and ALS, and they can make up to $30,000 a year, too. When they graduate, they're ready to go to work at any department anywhere. Here to explain how this works is Captain David Maddox of University Fire. Welcome to Code 3. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. It's great listening to your podcast and now great being part of your podcast. Well, it's good to have you. So how did the idea for this department come about? The idea actually came around in the 60s. The, the fire students back in the 60s as part of a school project and a need to create fire uh, protection for the university came up with the University Fire Department. And it was actually uh, Chief Whitaker was the first fire chief of University Fire Department and created this student-based fire department on, on the UAF, University of Alaska Fairbanks campus. Now, there's a lot of campuses that have student-led fire departments. Most of them volunteer. There's a couple out there with some scholarship programs. But what makes our program unique is that uh, they transition to a full-time paid student-led fire department that allows the students to go to class while on shift and still work in their, and still getting their wage. So it's kind of nice to be able to work full-time, go to school full-time, and get the, the on-the-job training uh, of responding to calls. In your experience, what kind of students apply to be in this program? Uh, of course, most of our students were interested in becoming firefighters to begin with, and they are looking at What's the best way to jump into a fire career if you're starting off from high school and you want to join one of the big fire departments or one of the competitive fire departments and to make your, your, your resume and your experience really shine as you're applying for those big departments. And that's what our department does. It gives you those uh, college degrees, advanced fire science, uh, advanced fire degrees and certs, and EMS certs. You can go all the way to paramedic school here while working at the fire department. And then when you go to apply for a place like Seattle or Memphis or uh, Los Angeles, you've got paramedic, a bachelor's degree, four to five years of paid fire experience with over 2,000 calls a year of uh, advanced life safety, uh, EMS, 
and rescue and, and fire suppression. So that's what we offer those folks who are looking at getting in the fire department and really beefing up their resume. The other thing we offer is leadership. One of the differences in our mission statement that you don't see in very many other fire department mission statements is that we are developing the leaders of tomorrow's emergency services workforce. We're not just creating firefighters, we're creating leaders because our students, when they join those career fire departments, they're going in there with a bachelor's degree already and all the certifications that will get them way ahead of their peers. And then five years, they want to get promoted to a company officer. And then a couple of years after that, they want to be a battalion officer. So a lot of our graduates are actually climbing the ranks faster than the peers that they joined with. And that's kind of what we pride ourselves on. That's really impressive. What's your acceptance rate like? Well, we have ebbs and flows just like the rest of the country is having a hard time getting applicants. Uh, the pandemic has really put a, a hamper on our ability to recruit that much as far as in person. But we do have a pretty competitive program. The keys to getting in our program are you have to have the high school diploma, which usually isn't a, a showstopper that finding people who have a, a high school degree or diploma, but uh, you have to have firefighter one, that basic firefighter one or at least a certificate of a completion from a, a fire academy. And if they don't have that, they can go through our firefighter academy here in the summer with our uh, community technical college and then get a conditional hiring, a condition that they pass that. And then passing the, the candidate physical aptitude test, that CPAT. You know, that's the one that kind of weeds people out. Uh, we get a lot of, I would say that we get anywhere between 20 and 30 applicants and we end up hiring 10, and most of them get weeded out for the rest of the CPAP. You have, I believe I saw 11 career firefighters already working with you. The way our department works is the, the company officers and battalion officers and the fire chief are all full-time officers who bring to the table uh, a myriad of experiences and fire experience, uh, and they're full-time career officers. Most of these folks have, that work with me and my peers They've got 10, 20 years in the fire service. And then we have 14 student firefighters. They're firefighters. They got firefighter one, they respond to calls, but they're also at the same time going to school. We've got 14 of those on shift each day. So each day you'll see two captains and a battalion chief who are full-time career officers here, developing, coaching, and mentoring the uh, 14 students that work, uh, work with us on the two, uh, two different stations. Do some of the students want to stick around after they graduate? Is that a possibility for them? So Alaska, especially interior Alaska, where we're at in Fairbanks, we are the farthest north city in America, and in fact, North America. One of the great opportunities that we have is surprisingly, we have a lot of fire service opportunity right here in this area. First, we've got University Fire Department, as we've talked about. And then we've got the municipality uh, of Fairbanks, the city fire department, uh, which is a great fire department if folks uh, want, to, want to get a career and stay right here, which a lot of our students do. That's their goal. And that's what, what they do is they join Fairbanks Fire Department and, and get off on a good career. We also have seven volunteer fire departments that surround us uh, immediately in our mutual aid. And they have scholarship programs. They've got living programs. And they've also got paid uh, firefighter uh, staff officer positions at those departments. So this is definitely a fire service heavy area. 
we've got a lot of issues with uh, structural fire and wildland fire and give great opportunity to get some experience while you're here. You mentioned that you have a fairly heavy call load. What experiences do these students get? I mean, you sound like you may have more structure fires than some departments, but what overall do they do they see in their three or four years? University Fire Department is a great model of the, the fire service as a whole in the fact that uh, we're getting 2,000 calls per year and just like most fire departments, 60 to 70% of those are uh, EMS calls, medical calls. And we respond with an ALS ambulance and, and oftentimes with the PLS uh, ladder. And these, these students who are operating the ambulance with, the, with a staff officer and sometimes without a staff officer, they get to work as an advanced EMT or paramedic as long as they got a certification. And they're going to all different kinds of calls, gunshot wounds, stomach pains, unconscious unknowns that everybody's familiar with. They've got every kind of call that you've experienced at normal fire departments. We're, we're getting those same kind of calls here. We may not get them in the same frequency. Definitely can't compete with places like Seattle or Los Angeles for as far as our call volume, but 2,000 calls a year, we're still getting quite a few. I know my staff, uh, my peers, we've been talking about 2,000 calls is a great number for us because these students they are full-time students and firefighters. So if they go on shift for 48 hours and they're working the ambulance all night, going on calls, they got to go to class the next morning. They don't get to go home and go to sleep like a normal fire crew. And they got to go to class every day. So if we had much more than 2,000 calls per year, I think we would probably be overtaxing the students' capability to, to go to school full-time and work full-time. Well, that's where I wanted to go next. These students who are in this program have a class load they have to keep up as well. Now, I imagine that the school understands what it is that they're doing. But it's is it kind of like the old volunteer programs where you have to leave what you're doing and go out on runs? Or do they, do they end up being on, on shift some days and in class on other days? Yeah, so the way we work it uh, is uh, we work a 48 hours on and 96 hours off, just like a lot of fire crews out there in, in normal departments. And the students get assigned to a shift, and they've got to work their shift. It's not like a volunteer where, oh, if they want to, they can, or if not. And if they can't work it, then they have to find a shift trade. Now, the caveat to that is we also mandate that students do 12 credit hours at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, which is the campus located here in Fairbanks. And... They have to do it in any degree program they want. So most of them pick fire science associates and then uh, Homeland Security uh, Emergency Management bachelors. But we've had some people who did uh, mechanical engineering, civil engineering, biology is a big popular one. Paramedic is also a very popular uh, associate's degree to get your paramedic license. Um, as long as they're in 12 credits in a degree program and maintaining a 2.0 or better. So because we do that, we allow them to go to class while they're on shift. Uh, and the, we have a great uh, agreement with the staff at the university where if the student gets a call, they leave the class quietly, go to the call, and then return to the class when they're done with the call, kind of like an on-call basis. But they're getting paid the entire time they're on shift. Now, if a student has to do a final exam and they can't just leave the final exam to go on a call, 
then they've got to get a shift trade and have somebody cover them on the shift because we're still providing professional level fire response. Well, that's pretty realistic for their part. Trading shifts is a reality that every firefighter needs to deal with. Yep. So that's a plus. What challenges have you encountered working with students? It's a challenge, but it's also the thing that drew me to this department, and that's that we're constantly in flux. You know, you, if you went to uh, the city of Fairbanks, you would find folks that at that fire department that have worked together for 10, 15 years. And a lot of them, they can, they can just look at each other and know what the other person's thinking when it comes to responding to a call and how to act in, you know, on a medical call or even on a fire call. You know uh, that a certain driver operator likes to pump at a certain pressure, likes to do this or, or whatever. We don't have that luxury. Uh, an old, an old uh, salty member for us is about four years because every two to four years, they, they graduate and move on and go to their career department. Well, if a student starts when he's a freshman, what's the farthest he can advance in four years? Could he make it to engineer, for example? Yeah, so, so our progression is the first year. They come in right out of high school. They've got no EMT. They've got just a firefighter one basic that they did in the summertime after high school. Then we start them off as a probation for six months. They just got a bunch of firefighter tasks that they've got to check off. They're still responding to calls like a normal probie in a fire department. Then they get promoted to firefighter. And in the first summer, they're either going after uh, EMT certifications to get closer to being a lead medic, or they're going after the driver operator certification for the fire apparatus. And we have a driver trainer academy that's about six months long that they partake in and they, they become basically an engineer the fall of their second year, which I know is super early if you're comparing it to a, a big city department. But here we have to have drivers and this is how we do it. And then the next year, the third year, they're either again advancing their, their EMT skills to be closer to being advanced EMT or paramedic. Uh, or they're working on advanced fire skills like Firefighter 2 uh, tech rescue classes offered, uh, fire instructor, fire officer, uh, all those uh, IFSAC Pro Board certification courses. We've got a lot of those that are offered right here at the uh, CTC, the Community Technical College, or at a local, local volunteer department. So uh, when folks leave here, we're expecting after four years that they've been driving a fire apparatus for two years, driving an ambulance for four they ran as a lead medic for at least one year, and they've got firefighter one, firefighter two, fire instructor, and maybe if they've gotten a chance, a fire officer course in there at least, and hopefully a tech rescue, as along with a bachelor's and an associate's degree. How much patience does it take to be one of the career firefighters who works in your department? I think it's great. I mean, these these. These young firefighters are just amazing. They got so much energy and they want to be here. And every day it's a blessing to come to work. And I, that's not just a canned phrase. That's, that's truly how I feel. I really love coming to work with these folks. Well, when, when it's time to hire a career firefighter, are you apt to hire someone who's been in the program or where do you look outside? We're kind of mixed. We've got right now on our captain staff, we have, or on our, our full-time staff, we've got uh, two battalion chiefs who came from the program uh, when they were students. 
We've got one who came from outside who was in the Marine Corps and then uh, went into the fire service in Orange County and then came up here to Alaska and then came into as a captain here into the department. And I have a similar path myself. I came from the Army and then into the fire service in Alaska and then into the, into the captain position here. The other captains, I've got another uh, veteran from the military captain who works along with me. We've got two other captains that came up through the, the ranks as students went out and did something at like a Fairbanks Fire Department for a while and then came back uh, to be a captain here. And so it's just a mix. We like to do, we, we like to get diversity. We like to see other ideas and make sure that we're not just teaching the same thing we always taught but actually uh, keeping with the times and getting different perspectives. Can you give me an example of what you might see when you're a department that you might not see in another department? I would imagine that you would have more probies on at one time than some other departments. So what do you see some of these people doing when they're new? It, it is interesting that, uh, you know, when right now we're kind of short-staffed on the students, because we had a lot of December graduates and we had a lot of people get picked up at the career departments. I think we lost the number was six or seven in December. I think we're closer to 10 that we lost in December. And then we only had a, a, a couple that we could hire at that time. We're waiting for the summertime hire. Uh, and so we're, we're pretty short staffed at the moment. Usually we're, we're pretty full running, full uh, fire apparatus and, and three person ambulances. But right now, uh, I've got probies who just got hired, and then I've got older probies who are getting ready to finish their probation period. <laughs> and then I got guys who uh, guys and gals who have been here for one year, and they're they're getting some experience riding right seat because I just can't be everywhere all the time. We take that into consideration when we start doing the risk assessment on fire calls. You know, when we show up at a structure fire, uh, we assess what level of uh, uh, you know, risk we're going to take with a full proby engine versus one that's got a staff officer, some experienced uh, folks who've got two or three years under their belt, and then one proby. Um, so, yeah, sometime today, right now on my crew, I've got uh, I've got a, a right seat person who's been in the department for just over a year and a driver who's been at the department for four years, and then everybody else is less than a year. So that that's a pretty interesting engine. But they're doing great stuff. They're still responding to calls and doing great stuff. What apparatus do you folks have for these kids to learn? So our department, we've got, uh, again, two stations. We've got two fire stations. Each one has an ALS ambulance. And then uh, one of the, our southern station has a quint and it has a rescue boat and it's got uh, uh, ice rescue suits. They get water rescue experience too then. Oh yeah, we do water rescue. In fact, we just did ice rescue training yesterday uh, to get ready for the uh, spring breakup. You know, when the, when the ice starts to break up and people start falling through the river in, in about April, we did that ice rescue training yesterday. So we do ice rescue training. We do swift water rescue. We've got two rivers that run right through our, our area. And so we get a lot of swift water rescue practice. So we've got that and we've got the wildland. You know, even people think that Alaska's got snow all year round. That's not true. We do have snow for a good portion of the winter and the spring, 
but come May, June, the, the sun comes out 24 hours a day and we have a wildland uh, threat, a wildland fire threat. So we have brush trucks, one at each station, and then we've got uh, tin, uh, tender and a uh, pumper, actually two pumpers and an additional quint up at the uh, other station. So we obviously have a bigger station and then a, a satellite station that uh, runs a quint the rescue and uh, uh, the rescue boat and an ambulance. That sounds like it gives them a wide variety of experience. Yeah, I definitely, I, I think it really broadens their horizon to what they want to do when they get to their career department. Like a high school student doesn't know what, uh, you know, what a tech rescue is really. They may have seen some TVs, maybe some shows. They haven't actually got their hands dirty within here. They get at least a little experience doing it so that when they get to their big department, they can kind of make some educated decisions on if they want to join the rescue and go further in that part of the career. Sounds like a great program. David Maddox, thanks for being my guest today on Code 3. Hey, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate this opportunity. I really thank you for what you do with your podcast. I know my crew, we're going to continue to listen to you. Thanks for working for the fire service. This sounds like a great program. OJT is part of a college education is a fantastic idea. I would love to see more schools start programs like this one. It would make recruiting easier for sure. There's more about the University Fire Department on our website at co3podcast.com slash Alaska. Take a look. And as always, if you got some value from this episode... Pass it along. Tell someone else about the show. It may help get the ball rolling to start up a program like this at your nearest college. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.